This is Stan Rasmussen, chair of the Sustainability Advisory Board. And the first thing we're going to do is uh, take roll. Maddie Bell. Present. Steve Kramer. Steve's here. He waved. Motion. Motion's here. Deb Ford. Does not appear to be on at this time. Kay Johnson. Hi. Nancy Muma. Here. Ben Sykes. Here. Amanda Stam. Present. And we have a new member with us tonight. Daryl Montu, did I say that correctly? Monto. Monto. Okay, thank you. And with that, I think um, we need to introduce ourselves. And, and Daryl, we'll start with you, please. Stan. Is it? Uh, Stan, this yes. is Kathy. this is Kathy Richardson, Director of Sustainability. If we could go over the housekeeping items first uh, before we get into too far into the meeting. Okay. Such as, I mean, we have call to order. It's the very first thing on the agenda. Mm -hmm. uh, so the housekeeping um, items, um, as in other uh, meetings. Uh, so good evening, everyone. I just want to share a few housekeeping items for tonight's Zoom meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and channel, uh, sorry, cable channel 25. Please remember to mute yourself during the meeting uh, mute yourself during the meeting when you are not speaking. The chat function for this public meeting is disabled. All chats will go directly to me. All board members, please keep your video on. All others keep your video off unless you are participating during the meeting. If you are having any trouble, you can send me a chat. The city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. Please remember to state your name each time you speak for the benefit of those participating remotely. And I do wanna remind the board, there is another meeting tonight um, that starts at 7.30. So we can wrap up this meeting by 7.15 PM. That will allow the other advisory board to get their meeting set up. And now I will turn the meeting over to you, Stan. All right, thank you for those housekeeping items. Um, and I want to note that Deb Ford looks like she has joined. Deb. So we have a full house tonight. All right, with uh, with Daryl Montu as a new member, Daryl, what we'd like to do is have you introduce yourself to us and then we'll briefly introduce ourselves to you. So go ahead, Daryl, please. Sure, great, thank you. Hello, my name is Daryl Monto. I am, uh, I work for SACNIS. I work remotely. SACNIS stands for the Society for the Advancement of Chicano, Hispanics, and Native Americans in Science, and they're based out of California. I've been a resident of Lawrence, Kansas for 30 years, and um, I actually am a graduate from Haskell Indian Nations University and also the University of Kansas. Uh, my uh, background is in um, higher education, but I've worked a lot with uh, STEM in my, my most recent positions these past few years. Um, this is my first time serving on a board um, for the city, and I was very 
um, pleased to have been asked um, to submit my application. So um, yeah, so it's, it's great to be here with all of you and I look forward to working with all of you. Thank you. Well, welcome. Welcome. We're glad to have you. Amanda, could you introduce yourself, please? Good evening. I'm Amanda Stam. Um, I've been in Lawrence for about 20 years now. I'm a mother of two young children, and I am the Vice President of Energy Operations for Cromwell Environmental. I just recently joined the Sustainability Advisory Board. This is my second meeting um, in service, so I am also new here and looking forward to serve our community. Thank you, Amanda. How about you, Ben? Please introduce yourself. Sorry, I had to clear my throat. Didn't want to do that. I'm muted. Uh, my name is Ben Sykes. I am a um, an associate professor uh, at the University of Kansas in Ecology and Evolutionary Biology, and also a associate scientist at the Kansas Biological Survey, which is a state agency on West Campus at KU. And uh, yeah, I've got kids too. I got four boys, and um, generally, oh, I've been in Lawrence for about nine years, and I'm generally just really interested in environmental issues. Most of my work focuses on soils and organisms and soils and how they affect plants and our ecosystems. Thanks, Ben. Nancy, could you introduce yourself, please? Sure. I'm also at the University of Kansas. I'm in the chair of the Pharmacology and Toxicology Department in the School of Pharmacy. I've been here about 12 years and am uh, pretty active in local uh, climate issues. Thank you, Nancy. Kay, could you introduce yourself, please? Hi, my name is Kay Johnson, and I'm the Sustainability and Environment Manager for Prosico, a manufacturer in Lawrence. I've been in the community about nine years, and I've been working in the environmental field. Well, I have a, a Bachelor of Science in Chemistry and a Master's in Environmental Studies, and I've been working in the environmental field for about 40 years. So, yeah, I know it seems like a lot, but, <laughs> um, but I've been, I've worked for private industry as well as local government and uh, nonprofit, all involving uh, environmental and sustainability issues. So very interested in climate change and really glad to be, this is my second term, oh, maybe first full term, I can't remember exactly, on the Sustainability Advisory Board. Thank you, Kay. Mm -hmm. Deb Ford, could you introduce yourself, please? Yeah, uh, can you hear me? Yes. Um, I'll keep it short. My voice is kind of here and hit and miss here. Um, Deb Ford, I've been in Lawrence for about 30 years. Went to KU. I'm a registered architect. I'm a lead certified working on my well uh, certification and in, interested in environmental issues. Have done um, green uh, gold buildings in lead standards. So interested in helping out the community. Thank you, Deb. Motion, could you introduce yourself, please? Yeah, hi, I'm Mohsen Fatemi. I am currently a PhD student in the School of Public Affairs and Administration at the University of Kansas. And I live in Lawrence with my wife. 
Uh, my background is in architecture and urban planning. I've worked on sustainable buildings, energy efficient buildings. Um, I've developed sustainability rating systems. I've worked on climate action plans. And currently my research is focused on energy policy and energy justice at the local level. Thank you, Mosin. Steve, could you introduce yourself, please? I'm Steve Kramer. Um, I've, my background is a master's in engineering, uh, electronics engineering. I grew up in Lawrence, uh, was here until I was in my mid-20s, was gone for about 30 years and been back for five. Uh, 16 years in Seattle where a lot of things happened with sustainability. My background for sustainability is a lot of corporate work. Uh, took two corporations to environment, sustainability partner of the year for Walmart and for Target. Uh, did a lot of work in solar energy, uh, mostly around um, uh, on the sustainability part, carbon footprints of products and how to reduce their impact on the uh, globe. Uh, nice to have all the new people here. Yes, it and is. My honor to address the, uh, the chair as well. Thanks, Steve. Maddie, could you introduce yourself, please? Hi, I'm Maddie. Uh, I use they, them pronouns, just FYI. Uh, I've been in Lawrence since 2007, which it's weird to think that's about 15 years now. Um, and I, oh, am I muted? Can you hear me? Sorry. You can hear you. Can you hear me now? We can still hear you. Oh, sorry. I thought you said you couldn't. Never mind. <laughs> Uh, okay. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm interested in climate issues um, as an extension of social justice issues, and uh, I've been working on that for the past um, couple of years. And uh, yeah, that's that's kind of my thing. Oh, and I'm the vice chair of the board now. Thank you. I, I noticed that um, Ty Gorman has joined. Ty, one of the housekeeping items is that we ask members of the public to keep their camera off unless they're speaking. So I would ask you to go ahead and, and switch your camera off until your opportunity. Thank you. And I am the chair of the SAB. My name is Stan Rasmussen. I've lived in Lawrence for about 43 of my 60 years. I'm currently the director of an environmental and energy office for the Department of Defense and the Army. I have a nine state territory I cover focusing on environmental and energy issues for the military. I have um, my background is in environmental law and energy law, with, which I practiced for a number of years. I'm not really a practicing attorney anymore. I get to hire my own attorney, which is so nice. So with that, I think that's the introductions of everybody. Daryl, welcome. Amanda and Mosin, who have only been with us one month, welcome again to you two. And I would say, let's move on to the next agenda item, which is approving the agenda. I'd accepted a motion to approve our agenda tonight. I move to approve the agenda as written. It sounds like Steve moved to approve the agenda. Do we have a second? I second. Deb Ford seconds. All those in favor, please say aye. 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 Anybody aye. opposed, please give us the same sign. 
Not hearing any objection, the agenda is approved. Next item on the agenda is our minutes from September. I don't know if anybody had any edits or comments or if they just want to make a motion. I'll move to approve the minutes. Move to approve the minutes by Maddie Bell. The second, Kay Johnson. Kay Johnson seconds. All those in favor of approving the minutes, and I thought they were really, really good. I thought they did a good job capturing the meeting, Kathy. All those in favor of approving the minutes, please say aye. 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 Any opposed? Please give me the same sign. Hearing no no opposition, it was approved unanimously to approve the minutes. All right, the next item on the agenda is the staff staff items, the staff report. Kathy, that sounds like you. Yeah, Kathy Richardson, Director of Sustainability. Um, there are a few things in this um, within this agenda item, and I am going to kind of bounce around, not in the exact order that it's listed on here. But for tonight, you know, we wanted to go through some of the strategic plan and environmental sustainability commitment items. Um, wanted to provide you some updates um, in terms of sustainability, uh, and then also uh, a lot of follow-up items from the last meeting. I know a few of you have been asking for uh, updates and I thought I'd uh, make sure to, to include all of you with those updates. So I'll start first with a sustainability staff report. For this month, I did not receive a staff report from the county sustainability group. Uh, they did mention that there hasn't been um, anything, any activity really to, to mention in the report other than the ongoing activities. But next month, they'll provide some more information, especially on the open space and how that's progressing with their consultant. Um, in terms of the city sustainability activities, um, there's been a, a few things. And I did want to mention uh, for those of you that do follow uh, social media on some of the, the city and county sites. Um, previously, we had a Lawrence Douglas County sustainability page, uh, Facebook page. Uh, that has been stopped. There was a message on that page um, to direct uh, folks that wanted county sustainability items to uh, follow the county's main Facebook page. And for those that want to follow city sustainability items, uh, they were directed to a page called uh, City of Lawrence Environmental Sustainability. Again, environmental sustainability is what the commitment is in the strategic plan. So this isn't about one department, it's about all the departments of the city that have news uh, related to environmental sustainability. We will start creating content um, on the city side to, to post updates there. Um, previously, that page was the Lawrence Recycles Facebook page. It just got um, expanded or just a lot more broad uh, subjects that are gonna now uh, be posted on that page. And that is again, uh, some of the work items with the split on that joint uh, county sustain city sustainability office. One other thing I wanted to mention, um, my former role was solid waste manager. So um, I have over the last year still been assisting and leading the city team. Um, that includes our MSO, which is municipal services and operations staff and our city attorney's office through negotiations with HAM. 
on the material recovery facility. So uh, we were uh, in, in contract or agreement with them uh, through the end of last year, and we began a year of negotiation, negotiating this new contract. Um, it was passed by city commission last night. Um, the city uh, felt like the agreement um, was a, a fair, uh, you know, kind of fair distribution of, of revenue um, when the markets are, are good uh, for the recyclable items, but also we share the risk with ham when the markets are not doing so well. And um, that was one of the main points of discussion. There are going to be some changes to what is accepted in the recycling uh, single stream uh, bins, the carts, and we'll start outreach and education on that for our public. Um, two of the items that have caused a lot of issues, both in collection and processing, are the bagged shredded paper. Uh, a lot of those uh, bags of shredded paper do bust open before they get to the facility and uh, the shredded paper just basically gets into um, a lot of the materials and, and it is not, you know, something that is being uh, able to be recycled. Um, we don't get a lot of shredded paper in plastic bags, but some people have been putting them in there. So there will be uh, communications as to where you can take uh, things like shredded paper um, and not putting it in the single stream. The other item that is being um, removed from the acceptable items is scrap metal. So again, the, your steel cans, your aluminum cans, all of that is good and still in the program. Uh, what we mean by scrap metal is some people are, you know, putting out there like big chunks of metal um, that have created some uh, major issues with equipment uh, damage at the material recovery facility. So uh, that scrap metal is going to be removed. There are options uh, for people to recycle that here in town outside of the single stream. Uh, the other item uh, that we highlighted is there uh, both parties, the city and HAM, um, have agreed to increase outreach and education in terms of this program to reduce contamination which is critical for us to be able to sell this material at a you know the best price uh, possible and um, the the big issues that you're hearing nationwide um, one of them is lithium-ion batteries so uh, the public uh, a lot of our customers uh, feel like you know they see the recycle symbol on it and they think it's okay to place in the single stream recycling bin uh, which is not one of the acceptable items uh, lithium-ion batteries have caused some major issues at facilities with fires um, and a lot of uh, damage and destruction of uh, collection vehicles as well as uh, uh, the facilities that process this material. So there's going to be a lot more um, outreach and education as to where you can recycle your batteries, um, which are, is not included in the single stream. So those are just some of the highlights of, of the, the big discussion points. In addition, um, we have been working, we've mentioned, Nothing. oh wait, yeah, go ahead, right. Ben. Um, this is Ben Sykes, SAB board member. So uh, in moving from um, solid waste and then being the interim and now being the full sustainability director, is your, obviously we really appreciate the connections that you have with solid waste, mm -hmm. but as we're advocating later in this, we need a full-time analyst in the sustainability office as well. Do you feel like now you have all of your time being able to be committed to the sustainability office, even if some of those issues are with waste and recycling, or are there still, is there still a need for you to 
provide advice and oversight to solid waste? That's a great question, Ben. Um, so in terms of, you know, activities and, and work items related to solid waste, this was really the last big project that I was carrying through. And uh, one of the, the parts, the important part of uh, what I was trying to do at least these last six months was really pass on the knowledge to those that will uh, take it on moving forward. So, and that includes the director of the Municipal Services and Operations Department that just got started started a few months ago. So her as well as deputy director of MSO and um, you know some of the solid waste employees now have that knowledge and will carry it through. This contract, this new service agreement is for five years with the ability to renew another um, two times for another uh, five years each. And um, you know, if if there's questions uh, that that this either MSO or solid waste have of the sustainability director, I'm certainly going to be there to to offer um, any any information or background. But um, in terms of like work uh, items, this was the wrap up of right. what I had for solid waste. Yeah, yeah. But good, great, great question. The other item I've been talking about with um, the board is the follow-up on the sustainability policy that we're working with, and I am working with MSO on this. Um, this is the policy for new facilities, existing uh, buildings, and uh, new infrastructure. It does uh, is it is a project that points out one of our KPIs within Connected City. Where we are, um, we've we have a, a very initial draft. Um, we will be uh, basically having some meetings with internal staff um, to hear their feedback on what we've collected so far. Um, and there are some bullet points uh, for everybody kind of to discuss uh, certain items like on lead certification, what 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 that level is, or um, where we take that conversation. And we would like to come to the Sustainability Advisory Board at the November meeting, um, if possible, um, to, to give an overview of the policy, share the policy, and um, get your reactions. Of course, the policy, the draft policy would be shared prior to the meeting, and um, or if you want direction to share it with the subcommittee first, um, we can do that as well. Uh, but we are hoping that by December timeframe, we're going to go in front of city commission. So, uh, you know, reaching out to Sustainability Advisory Board and other stakeholders is going to be really important in the month of November. And um, one other item of update, um, the uh, greenhouse gas inventory, I've, I've mentioned. It looks, like, it looks like Kay Johnson had a question. Okay. Hi, uh, thank you, uh, Kay Johnson, Sustainability Advisory Board Director. Um, I was a member, I was hoping that um, somebody would be appointed from the SAB. I thought I was told that somebody was going to be on that committee from SAB so that SAB members would have direct input into that uh, policy. And it doesn't sound yeah, like that. Yeah. I'll be here. I'm on the meeting, but text me if you need me. Uh, this is Kathy Richardson, Director of Sustainability. Kay, um, Kay on that, um, like I mentioned, there is a staff group that has been working on the draft 
the draft uh, sustainability policy. It's made up of Melinda Harger. She's our uh, assistant MSO director and uh, Chris Rice, who's within our engineering group as well. So it's just the three of us kind of drafting, not what we're going to move forward with city commission, but we've got to, we had to do the research. Um, we did uh, lean on the Greenbelt um, group as quite a bit. Um, they've provided us a lot of content of what other cities um, have been doing and what their policies look like. And really the small staff group is then going to engage stakeholders. So we don't have a steering committee or a committee of sort. Um, it's not a long-term project, but it's certainly, um, and actually within the policy, it's going to state that there are uh, certain stakeholders like the sustainability advisor board that as projects come along, um, you will be involved in those as well. But it is going to set some, you know, standards so that every time we're building a new facility, we're not necessarily going to city commission to ask the questions of what, you know, should this facility be certified or not by lead or envision uh, is what we're using for infrastructure. And there'll be some information on that. Um, one thing that's uh, interesting as well, um, the MSO uh, department has um, already um, kind of made a commitment. And again, this is all part of strategic plan that all their engineers will have uh, one or two of the certifications. So they'll, they will either be LEED certified or they're going to be Envision certified. As of a couple months ago, we had one person with a LEED certification on staff and one person with Envision uh, certification. And now uh, all of them are moving forward um, with their certifications. Kay, did you have another question? I do, and um, we can have another discussion later, but um, I did look up the Envision standard. So is um, the, for infrastructure, do you mean strictly water, sewer, streets, those sorts of things, or do you also mean office buildings and other type of infrastructure? Because what I saw with Envision, it looked more like it was geared to municipal services type project. Yeah. Yeah, there, there are a lot of projects in the CIP that are not a facility, uh, but they're big kind of infrastructure type projects, um, you know, outside of facilities. Uh, so, some CIP projects are not going to fall under the purview of this because it's either a very small like street type infrastructure project or um, small in terms of the project scope or small in terms of how much capital is being um, allocated to it. Uh, so, so, but it's, it would be something that wouldn't necessarily be building. So for example, the multimodal transfer facility, um, that one has a, a small building that was being uh, retrofit and there's some, some other components to it. But really what we applied to the sustainability workshop for the multimodal transfer facility was envisioned because of the, um, the whole property and the infrastructure around that uh, facility. So we went through kind of that, that was our first, the city's first uh, go around in, hey, let's go through the checklist uh, with the consultant and let's see how many of these items, you know, we can implement to get points towards, again, that 
that facility did not get certified, but we went through uh, the exercise. Now the policy is what will set, and this is why sustainability advisory board and other stakeholders are important in this conversation is because this would really state, um, you know, a, a level of certification, a third party, uh, you know, verification um, that the city has has not had in, in the past. Um, and, and what level is that? And then the commission, of course, ultimately will be the ones to uh, decide uh, which way they want to go on this. Okay, thank you. I'll look forward to getting into more in depth when we get that policy draft. And I would like that in advance of our meeting in November, if you could. Yes. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. So the, the last item of just uh, staff update, uh, the greenhouse gas inventory I had mentioned we were going to start working on. We did meet with ICLE staff uh, yesterday, both the county and the city did, because there is a uh, desire to not only update the city's uh, greenhouse gas inventory, and it's not just about uh, community-wide. We have two sets, so one for uh, city operations, and we'll do one for community-wide. But then the county also wants to do a county-wide greenhouse gas inventory. So um, we started that conversation. Um, ICLE did let us know that currently they are working on some pretty big uh, projects. So uh, while we can start collecting the data that we need for the greenhouse inventory in November and December, um, their staff is not going to be uh, available or ready until January or so. So there was discussion about some concerns with that time frame um, if we can't get started till January or so in relations to our work with the Climate Action Plan. So we want to have that data um, in order to have some you know, good conversations um, and, and outcomes for that Climate Action Plan. Kay, it looked like you had a question. All right, but I have one quick question. So did you find the previous data um, looking at the records? Yeah, they said looking at the records, the last um, update that the city had was 2017. So that's what ICLE has on record as the last. Um, yeah, and we're going to, you know, make sure, again, the, the, on the city side, um, no problem with the concern of not getting started till January. The concern is really on the countywide greenhouse gas inventory because that is uh, data needed for that climate action plan, which was scheduled, um, you know, to kind of wrap up by the spring of next year. And it's been delayed, as you all know quite a bit. So uh, we're hoping for no additional delays. Uh, so we're kind of working through through other options or, or what we could do um, to be able to speed up that process. Any questions on those staff items before I shift to the follow-up items? Okay. Okay, I'm going to start with the follow-up on the bylaws. So uh, one of the staff items from your last meeting was um, the advisory board members did uh, vote to proceed with the process of the bylaws, which really was uh, moving staff moving forward with uh, the amendment to the city code. Uh, we would need to amend 
the number of members, and then the purpose is the sustainability advisory board. And once that city code, if the city commission reviews and approves those changes and that becomes city code, then the sustainability advisory board would be able to start your process on, um, you know, uh, adopting a new set of bylaws that have those two components that your subcommittee had proposed. Um, at this time, and I did talk to our city attorney's office, they are working on um, the the process of submitting those amendments, uh, changes to the city code. Um, this will happen in early November. It's slated for a city commission in early November. And again, these are two pretty quick updates, but they would have to be approved by city commission in order for your board to expand to 11 members. So just wanna make sure legal wanted me to make sure that you understand that. Um, one, two questions that came up from the discussion of the bylaws. One was, you know, who could serve on the uh, sustainability advisory board? Um, there was some conversation as to why could somebody who is a uh, why couldn't somebody who's a Douglas County resident um, who just works in Lawrence not be able to join the advisory board? Because currently the bylaws um, had information about um, if you live in the county, you have to own a business in Lawrence. And um, I wanted to uh, give you the background um, that you asked for. So the appointments and who can be appointed to an advisory board, a committee or a commission is set by the uh, resolution 7224. So this is even outside of just sustainability advisory board. This is what sets kind of those rules for all our advisory boards, committees and commissions. And this section actually is a little bit different than what was included in your template uh, bylaws. So that's why I wanted to mention it to you. So uh, what this resolution is, by the way, this is posted on your Sustainability Advisory Board webpage, um, a copy of, of this resolution. But um, what it says here is uh, persons being appointed to an advisory board committee or commission should be a resident of the city or own a business within the city. And this is the part where it's different. Exceptions to this may be made from time to time, in which case the reason for the appointment of someone who is not a resident of the city and doesn't own a business within the city should be stated. So there is an exception there in this main overarching um, resolution um, that was passed. Now, I asked our city attorney's office, is there a way to summarize that exception into the SAB bylaws? And they said one way that you could go about it is just add a sentence at the end of that section of your bylaws that says, unless otherwise approved by the governing body. Again, the appointments are only made at the, the mayor level with the city commission um, voting on the mayor's recommendations. It's not something that the advisory board, um, you know, where you make those decisions. But if you wanted the bylaws to reflect that sometimes there are exceptions to the rules, 
which is listed on here, you could have a sentence like that, unless otherwise approved by the governing body. Maddie Bell, SAB board member. Um, so Kathy, to be clear, would that allow for, like, is the process like, okay, so this exception already exists. If we put it into the bylaws, that means that the S, you know, sustainability advisory board is also acknowledging an exception, which would then allow the mayor slash city commission to appoint someone to the board that fits within the exception. Exactly. Okay. Right now, yeah, yeah, Maddie, you're, you're right. So right now your bylaws, uh, which this is from the template, and this is how most of the other advisory board bylaws read. But again, uh, city attorney's office says you, you can add this other sentence in here that kind of summarizes that there could be an exception. And that exception is really just not only made by the, the mayor, but the mayor would have to state the reason why uh, that they've chosen someone who's not a city resident or, and they're not a, a, a business owner in the city of Lawrence. So they would have to to state all that. But again, that yeah, that would cover your bylaws basically mentioning that there could be an exception. Maddie Bell said board member. Okay, cool, thanks. So we're just saying, hey, we agree with the exception instead of our bylaws saying there can't be an exception. Yeah, your bylaws don't right. say that there can't be an exception, but it's very, it's limiting it to, um, like we discussed at the last meeting, it's really limiting it to a uh, Lawrence resident or a member um, a resident of Douglas County that owns a, a business in Lawrence. So that's, uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. It looks like some, um, uh, Nancy had a question. Can we make a motion to add that sentence? I have a question first. Okay. Okay. If we don't, this Kay Johnson Sustainability Advisory Board member, if we don't add that statement, the resolution still overrides that, right? So whether or not we have a statement in there, that special exemption still exists. Is that correct? That is correct. And our city attorney's office said you don't really need it unless you really want it. To answer Nancy's uh, question, uh, right now, you're not really moving forward with your bylaws or uh, approving them or any action because um, the advisory board is very interested in changing the number of members and the purpose. So that has to go through city commission first uh, for approval. And then you can, if if they approve those two items, the purpose of the SAB and the number of members, then Kay and Ben and Maddie can get working on if that subcommittee recommends any other changes to the draft bylaws they presented to you and really start the process like Stan said of what the current bylaws state on, on how you can, um, you know, adopt a new set of bylaws. So we're still early on, but I wanted to provide that information so that you can all think about it if, if you want to add that. The, the third item of discussion that came about with the bylaws discussion at last the last SAB meeting was the idea of, um, you know, could this board um, expand to being a joint county city board? And there, there's 
quite a bit of comments and questions there. Um, I, again, just to clarify, the Sustainability Advisory Board um, advises the governing body of the City of Lawrence. There was some confusion that maybe um, you all advise the County Commission as well, which um, that is not a true statement. I did have a meeting, so following up with this item, I had a meeting with some of the leadership of the county and leadership on the city side. Um, you know, and I just basically said, hey, this question came about with our sustainability advisory board. You know, is there a, is there any interest or, you know, like, where do we go with this, right? And um, really kind of the information I got back, especially mostly from the county leadership was, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, current split that happened between the county and the city sustainability offices with their staff, with our, you know, our staff groups uh, was really because there are very different focus areas for environmental sustainability and sustainability in general. So what this board, um, the makeup of this board and what you've been focusing on is not necessarily um, the priorities of the county. So, you know, it'd have to have a different scope and and a combination of different uh, uh, members that served on this board and so forth. And, and really, you know, the idea is that we have so much um, to focus on in terms of sustainability work uh, that doesn't necessarily match between the city and the county or the, there are some overlaps so don't get me wrong there are definitely some overlaps uh, but really what they're interested in is all the food uh, policy council um, you know and food systems plan uh, activities so th their focus is really on that and that's why they have a local food policy council you know their other focus is on this open space right so this is this is one of the new projects that they're going to really take on and dive in um, you know this process is really at its infancy right now uh, but eventually there are going to be ways for people to plug into how they are involved with open space if that's something that any of you individually um, would be interested in, or if there, you know, ever was a, a group form or steering committee or anything like that, um, that would um, maybe have, uh, you know, a sustainability advisory board representation or, or, or something like that. And then the third area that they're really focused on is the climate action plan, uh, which there is overlap in that. Um, I will say, and I, I heard this from a couple of them, that, um, you know, one of their reactions to hearing that this advisory board was interested in the possibility of being a joint county city board. Um, you know, the comment I got from two of them were, well, but this advisory board hasn't even been able to appoint somebody to the Food Policy Council. Like that's where their work is focused. And it's been months that there's been a sustainability advisory board seat, um, yet um, nobody uh, had volunteered to serve on that. So they kind of were just like, let's start there, you know, let's get the sustainability advisory board to serve on the, the seat that was created um, for them, which is, again, a lot of that work from the food systems plan is, is led by the, the county and, um, 
you know, I, I just wanted to share that, you know, to be honest and and to to let you know where um, they're coming from. But but ultimately, um, at this time, you know, there I, I didn't hear a lot of reasons for interest uh, for the Sustainability Advisory Board to be a, a county city uh, board. And I just wanted to to share that in in the conversations that I've been having over the last month. So. Any questions on that? Looks like Kay Johnson has her hand raised. Hi, um, Kay Johnson, Sustainability Advisory Board member. I think in the future we should make sure we know uh, and have identified if a member of the public makes a recommendation versus the Sustainability Advisory Board members, because I'm not sure that and the way you characterized that uh, discussion, Kathy, was that we'd ask for that. And I'm not sure that that particular discussion item came from the SAB members. It may have come directly from the public. And I think it's important that we know where recommendations or requests are coming from instead of assuming that they're all coming from the Sustainability Advisory Board members. I, I appreciate that uh, statement. I will make sure to let you all know that I didn't say this is what the Sustainability Advisory Board, the majority of the board wants. Um, I did go back to review the minutes or the video of the last meeting and it was an active uh, conversation between some of our SAB members and not members of the public. So I just wanna mention that um, the, the, other, the other item of you know who could serve on the advisory board uh, if they're not a City of Lawrence resident, or if they don't own a business, that was discussion that was brought up by a member of the public. Any other questions? This has been Sykes, SAB board member. Sorry, I just think uh, beyond the, are we gonna be an advisory board for the county? At least from my perspective, this is just me. Um, I think, the fact that we've now separated the sustainability directors between the two. Uh, I think there's probably more support for the fact that we just wanna make sure that we're coordinating well with the county. When you think about the Wakarusa Drive extension or expanding beyond K-10 or municipal services out that way or how we design areas, um, some of the challenges that we have out there in terms of sustainability, we don't wanna let what happens right at the edge fall through the cracks of the fact that we have two infrastructures now, right? And so I think that there's general, I would personally support the fact that we need to um, make sure that we're touching bases, maybe even beyond just staff to staff, right, Kathy, but beyond just you and Kim, like talking to each other. Yeah. But sustain, you know, board members or advisory groups, like having conversations. And I totally get from their side of like, hey, we have this one perspective that we're interested in sharing with the board and you guys still haven't got somebody together. So I get that. And I, I appreciate those comments. And in addition to staff and staff coordination and collaboration, because that's happening on a weekly basis, I will say that it is really important that, um, you know, we stay, uh, you know, there's some 
kind of big projects that are happening right now and that we stay coordinated uh, together. So for example, SAB's participation in the Climate Action Plan, you have somebody who's serving on that steering committee and you know, it's, it's, it, that's part of collaboration, right, between the county and the city, and there's a lot of topics being discussed there. So, you know, we're lucky to have um, Nancy that's serving in that role. Um, again, Food Policy Council, that that is another opportunity for collaboration between the city and the, and the county, and that is a, a joint board, but having the advisory board there too. So it's not just about staff collaborating, like you said, but um, this advisory board uh, with those projects and groups. And once open space gets started and if the county says yeah we're going to appoint a steering committee um i i bet you the city is going to be like wait a second we need to get somebody from sustainability advisory board we need to get somebody from parks and rec we need to get somebody you know so um all those discussions are yet to be had but those are opportunities to work together yeah any other questions on those items Okay, the um, other two uh, follow-up items were the Sustainability Advisory Board uh, items to the City Commission from the July meeting. Uh, one of them, well, there were three, and one I think I addressed with the sustainability policy that we're working on, uh, which is the multimodal um, conversation and how do we not get in the same position in the future. Um, so the, the two other items were single-use plastic bags and that ordinance and then the noxious weed and native plants. So um, on the noxious weed and native plants um, and managed natural landscapes, uh, that whole uh, group, uh, we have been having kind of a lot of conversations. So as you know, that work is not just this Office of Sustainability. Um, primarily, it's uh, the planning department. Um, the city attorney's office has a lot um, in there to review and work through. Uh, there's components and parts for Parks and Rec. There's components and parts for the Municipal Services and Operations Department, so MSO. And uh, the kind of fifth group that we identified was the Communications Office. So uh, definitely for uh, as we review and if there's potential for some of these items to move forward, um, there has to be community engagement. I think I mentioned at our last meeting that the city has now uh, hired a, uh, a community engagement manager and is going through the process of developing what that guidance is. But um, there are a lot of uh, folks involved, probably the ones that have the most time-consuming um, review would be the planning department and uh, city attorney's office. So I've focused most of my uh, meetings and discussions with those two groups as well as with the city manager's office are um, kind of what the city commission directed us to do was to submit to them a plan of review of the SAB recommendations so not a let's review it now and this is what we think of it, but what's the plan of review? And most importantly is the conversation of the timeline. I think a couple of you had reached out as, as to, you know, trying to understand like, where are we with this? And, and you know, this should be a priority. Um, there are definitely a lot of competing priorities, as, as you know. Um, really what the staff is prepared to offer back to city, city Commission, which is that plan of review and that timeline, is uh, taking us really, um, you know, 
the items that are not related to land development code, uh, because those items will take the full two years of that process, right? So anything within the recommendations that's a land development um, item, and again, this is information I received from the planning director and, and others within his group would follow the process of land development code update. And there is a, a SAB member within that's representing SAB within that steering committee. The items that are not related to that land development code, um, it would take planning nine to 12 months um, to review and work through those recommendations. So that's the timeline that's being set um, by the, the planning um, department that is based on their current workload. So that isn't like that's how long it takes if you didn't have anything else on your plate. Um, this is really, you know, considering everything they have on their plate, um, really this process for them would be, like I said, nine to 12 months. And those are just the items that are not land development code related. Um, the, the legal review is it's a little bit shortened um, from there, but they are still um, kind of, again, I think the, the, the timeline really is being set by um, our planning folks because as they work through these, these items, um, then the other departments kind of take uh, part of what you know they're pushing forward or or can't push forward what their concerns are i know ben you worked with uh, brian jimenez uh, quite a bit in the past um, he would be one of the lead staff for review now if the city commission you know uh you know reads our plan of review for for these sab recommendations and states nope you know we got to get this is a priority we got to get this done um you know quicker um, then it's really a conversation of, you know, this wasn't in the work plan of the planning department. So in order to get this moving quicker, what does the city commission want to drop from their workload um, in order to accomplish this, if this is a priority over what they're working on now? So it's really a matter of, of workload and, and the, the projects, the competing projects that are currently happening. Um, I hope I'm describing that okay um, but I just wanted to kind of bring that to your attention that this isn't a you know quick turnaround item for our planning department I think Ben you had mentioned in your presentation how you know this ordinance um, hasn't been updated uh, for many 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 years um, and you know for planning to kind of uh, get started and and uh, comb through through it all and and um, work on what those uh, updates would be and you know again there's the community engagement piece that Porter and his team and Hannah would would contribute to that. The update to the city commission will also go uh, here in November. What's going to be going to be one of the couple first meetings um, and I'm working with uh, the planning department on how they're going to um, you know kind of write up their description of their their workload and their work plan right now. Ben? Sorry of course I'm going to have a comment because I have uh, you know per personal interest in this because we work for quite a while on it. So I, I don't want you to take this wrong, Kathy, because you're kind of our only point of contact for city staff on what's going on on this. And in fact, you know, we tried to engage the city attorney's office through the really two years that we worked to draft this ordinance. 
I reached out and talked with um, Brian Jimenez, of course, a couple of times. Um, so I don't want you to take it that way. I would love to see a process whereby city staff works with the subcommittee or committee members that are interested on this side in thinking about how to do these things and what needs to be done rather than this be SAB board brings an ordinance to city commission, city commission hands it to city staff. That's all working siloed in, in a way that's not very efficient, it seems to me. But the second portion, which I think is more um, pointed, is that mm -hmm. this is now going to take four months to tell city commission that it's going to take nine to 12 months of work. That's a very frustrating perspective for people, not just me as a SAB board member that worked on it, but I would say members of the community that are trying to implement change within our city, that when they bring it two years ago to SAB and we work on it for two years, that now when it finally gets handed to city staff, it's going to take four months before they can tell us it might take a year before they could work up. And I, I completely understand being overworked and, and there are other priorities that city commission is trying to prioritize for you guys. It just seems to reflect like, um, yeah, I don't know, a capacity issue that's going on or, or something. And, and again, I, I would love to understand more about the process and be engaged in the process with city staff or even city commission to advocate for these things. I don't know if that means coming to city commission meetings every week and in public comment period being like, hey, I think this is important. I would like you guys to make city staff think this is important. Um, sorry, that's a bit of a rant, but those are the two important pieces I see. I, I appreciate the comments and, you know, to the scenario that you said, you know, what if this would have been where city staff was working with alongside SAB the whole time, the two years that you mentioned you've been working on this, um, you know, the city commission would have said, hey, this is an item that we want for the city of Lawrence. This is a project and we're directing staff to work on this and staff can work with the sustainability advisory board. If that's how it was um, kind of born, then we would have been working on this project all along, but that's not the, the situation and how it came about. So this is recommend you, you know, sustainability advisory board and other members of the public were working together to get something over to commission. And I know it took some time. Um, like you said, the two years it took this group, you know, and then to get approved through the sustainability advisory board to get it to commission. But um, the reality is that we haven't been our, our city staff, sorry, there's ties coming back. Our city staff hasn't been, you know, just checking off the work list of, oh, we're done with this so that now that the sustainability advisory board is ready to recommend this to commission, now we have a pocket of time um, to, to start working on this project as other work projects are currently underway. So for example, one thing the city commission, and, and I know there's another person and I know this this could be frustrating and you know and, and seem a little bit silly but but one of the things that could happen is that the city commission say yeah we're not going to work on the land development code update we're going to work on um, this recommendation from the advisory board but something's got to give like currently our planning staff have projects that are lined up you know 
past a year from now, you know, their timeline of when they could review and really, you know, work on this is, you know, embedded with the other uh, projects and work that they are um, currently undertaking, but they have stuff that's timeline two years from now and, and further. Um, but I, I do appreciate ben, um, you speaking up and, and sharing your frustration because, you know, that um, absolutely the timeline on, on response is, is not, um, I, I'm sure, ideal for the community or uh, for, for you and, and your group. I think uh, Kay has her hand up. Kay Johnson, Sustainability Advisory Board member. So I serve at the pleasure of the Sustainability Advisory Board on the Land Development Committee, and it was explicitly discussed that items um, that are deemed a priority could be enacted on outside of the Land Development Committee. So I don't view this as a no, actually. I view this as something that we still want to pursue and that, and I don't think it's an either or, there is a consultant hired for the land development committee that's actually working right now on the land development program. I'm not sure, I'm sure that the planning department is also working with them as well, but they hired a consultant to do the majority of the, the beginning of the land development committee and code updates. So uh, just to dismiss it out of hand, I, it is pretty, uh, you know, off-putting. And I really feel like that um, we still need to push forward. I think personally, my personal opinion is if it is in more of a code format, Ben, I think that it would be a, a better received document personally. And I think we talked a little bit about that, but we have only met once with the land development code group. I don't know when we're going to meet again. And, uh, but I don't see this as something that just puts it off for another year and a half. That's my personal opinion. Thanks, Kay, for the comments. And I just want to clarify, there are some recommendations in this package of SAB recommendations that are not related necessarily to that land development code. So that's the nine to 12 months timeframe. Those items that would be considered as part of the land development code update, that would be the that two year timeframe, which is mid 2024. Um, I did uh, verify with planning to make sure that they had the cop the consultant has the copy of the SAB recommendations and um, they said that that was submitted to them. I also want to make sure I also want to make sure that um, you know that we are understanding that it's not a consultant doing all the work on the land development code and that none of our staff is working on that. I, I think if planning heard that comment, um, they would be a little bit taken back because uh, our director of planning and some of the staff are are working with that consultant um, in that kind of that background work that you know then they present um, information to the steering committee that will meet every so often for you to review, but there's a lot of, of um, work that's being completed. Um, 
by the staff. Sorry, I'm letting Ty and JT back into the meeting. Looks like they keep bouncing in and out. Um, and then the, the information that I provided with the land development code that came uh, directly of the information I received from staff and it sounds like KU might have different information so I can double check um, and make sure so I appreciate you bringing that up. The information that was discussed at I provided that information to that consultant and I did mention that we did not want to wait on the two years so I specifically ask in one of or two of the meetings that I attended including the official meeting that we didn't want to wait we want to actually move forward on some of this information and if there's a way to strip out some of the land development information, maybe we need to look at that too as well. I don't know the difference between the noxious weed stuff versus planning, planning's overall view of it, but determining whether or not somebody can plant native plants in their yard shouldn't have, shouldn't take two years to figure it out. Sorry, but that's the way I feel about it. Then it looks like you unmuted. Kathy, from what I read of, of what you said, it sounds like if we want city staff to make this a priority, whether it came as a recommendation from SAB or from the public or anything else, we need to have city commission members advocating on our behalf or on behalf of this ordinance that city staff prioritizes it. That's what I hear is that whether this recommendation came from SAB or anywhere else, unless city commission is saying, we want this to be a priority in what you're doing in your work, whether that's through a collaborative thing as we develop the ordinance, which that ship has sailed, or now is that city commission sets the boundaries for what city staff spends their time on, right? That's pretty. Yeah. Pretty that the advisory boards advise the commission advisory boards don't direct the work of staff but city commission absolutely directs the work of staff so um, just as the next steps as uh, this uh, document gets completed and sent to city commission via a city commission agenda um, it would probably probably be a city manager's report item because it's just a staff update of here's what our plan of review is. I would let the sustainability advisory board know when that gets scheduled. Um, you're more than welcome. Um, all city manager report items have uh, public comment to it. You can also uh, submit again because you advise the city commission. You can submit to the commission um, that, you know, you either disagree with the timeline or you'd like this to be handled uh, a little bit quicker or whatever that is. But ultimately, it is the city commission that will determine if this becomes a priority over a, another um, work item. Again, primarily we're talking about that planning department, um, but there's also a lot of work uh, from our uh, city attorney's office. And I am the... Uh, kind of coordinator in, in between of the departments and with you all. So I'm, again, I'm trying to keep everybody updated and in the loop and um, we'll work through that. But ultimately it, it comes down to uh, workload 
um, from, from the, the staff that would be involved in this. Any other questions on this item or comments? They don't have to be questions. Okay. So um, the other item is uh, the follow-up is on the single-use plastic bag ordinance. And um, I, I do want to do a, a time check. Um, Stan, it's uh, 6.40. And I do know that um, we also had a presentation on the strategic plan. I can um, skip that um, if you like, so I can focus on the single-use plastic bag uh, update and discussion. And then you have some other sustainability advisory board items uh, further in the agenda, like the goal setting session or I can just give a super brief strategic plan update. You you let me know. I personally would rather have more time for the strategic plan discussion. So if we need to bump that to next month, I'm fine with that. Okay, perfect. And I did want to mention that the um, uh, some of the public commenters are on the meeting now, and I I did I, I knew I knew that they wanted some public comment time period as well. So on the, I'll, I'll give the, the last follow-up item from the last uh, meeting, I said I'd bring a, an update on the single-use plastic bag ordinance, and I will go ahead and um, postpone that strategic plan presentation. Uh, so on that, uh, this is an item that I'm working, it's strictly basically with the city attorney's office. Um, again, I, and I understand the the frustration and and some of that time delay and the 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 not a, not being able to have that much time from our legal staff, uh, but this year um, has been um, quite an impactful year to that group um, and their staffing levels and situation that's been going on and why they haven't been able to. Um, you know, take on a project and turn around and give it back to us. Um, I, I did appreciate the fast turnaround on the bylaws, but um, I will say with the single use uh, bag situation, our city attorney's office in the past, so for those of you who have been on the advisory board um, a couple, I'm thinking a couple years back, but please correct me if I'm wrong, had worked on an ordinance that had that uh, fee-based uh, bag um, scenario. So we had talked about all the options that we could do to uh, reduce uh, uh, not only plastic bags, but there was the paper bag component as well. And they had provided that ordinance. Uh, a subgroup of the Sustainability Advisory Board uh, with discussion with this board and others members of the public uh, changed directions on that for a plastic bag ban and remove the, the paper component on there. So for our city attorney's office, what they've been working on since they're, the ordinance that they drafted with the fee-based um, situation was changed over to the bag ban. Um, you know, they are working on the section for enforcement, um, which I know that Purposely, this it sounded like this subcommittee um, had left it for the city to figure out what that looks like, right? With the enforcement, it just said the city would, um, you know, take care of the enforcement piece. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, they've been working on that as well as some other 
um, items um, that they've kind of raised as as concerns, but um, you know there are edits for that uh, ordinance. So uh, the city commission um, had asked for uh, opportunity to have a policy discussion. So while the sustainability advisory board recommended them to move forward with the single use plastic bag ban. Um, they did have the conversation, and I know several of you were on that commission meeting about, hey, what happened to the, the fee option and, and so forth. So as staff, we are working on what all those options would be, um, what the concerns would be with each one, because um, there were some concerns um, still with the, the, the fee uh, program or, or some workarounds that needed to happen. And um, it is our city attorney's office that um, would provide that uh, editing and review of the, the ordinance. They did ask for a little bit more direction from the city commission, you know, before you um, get too far along in some work uh, going one way or another. Um, if the commission was going to change directions while they heard your recommendation, and let's say they choose not to go with a ban and uh, select that uh, the more of the fee-based um, scenario that that all those options are available to them to kind of pick and choose as to where they want to be at. I know this is a topic that's been discussed for a long time um, by uh, your you know a lot of your members and then the community at large as well. Um, but really where we're going is with a converse, a policy discussion conversation, which is in that I don't want you to feel that, hey, we're not just focusing on the bag ban like the sustainability advisory board had recommended. We have to provide, you know, what were those other options um, that that the the city and and the legal team and, and staff recommended. That is also going to happen um, here at the beginning of November. I would um, advise this uh, group as to um, when we're going to provide the opportunity for a policy discussion. Uh, might uh, look like um, an update from the city manager and or um, I don't know if it's going to be a work session. Um, I, I don't get to decide that. You know that that will be a conversation between the the city manager and and the uh, the mayor. Um, but that that's some of that discussion on the plastic bag ban um, that kind of took that turn um, just recently and was presented to the commission. As a different, as a different view of what um, this advisory board had been carrying through for a while. What questions do you have? Nancy, Mama has her hand raised. So you're saying something's going on in November. Is it going to the city commission for discussion in November, or what was happening in November? Yes. Yeah. The staff is providing the information um, to the city commission. And city commission, you know, can have the opportunity again. If this is a priority to them, they'll have the opportunity to to have that discussion to direct staff as to um, what other information is missing for them. Um, but um, like I said, they they did have some questions as to the kind of the fee proposal that was on there before, which is what our city attorney's office and our 
former sustainability director had uh, presented to the, the commission. And, and Nancy, this would be something that, you know, we'd let you know, like, here's what uh, the city's prepared. Um, I know that I'm working with the city attorney's office on uh, some of their concerns uh, in regards to the write out uh, ban um, and the enforcement um, situation. So that would be shared with your group just so you can see that and consider that as well. Now, this advisory board can continue to propose that the uh, best solution uh, for the city of Lawrence is a plastic bag ban. Thank you. Doesn't look like anybody else has their hand raised or has a question for you. Kathy, was there anything more? Those were all the updates um, that I had promised to bring back um, this month. Of course, if anybody has additional questions, um, you can email me um, or if you want additional information for that. Well, it sounds like November meeting, at least that strategic plan uh, presentation stand. Um, so we can, I can work on that for that meeting. And um, I'll let this advisory board know when these two items of update to the city commission will go. Thank you. All right, with that, we're going to move to the next agenda item, which are subcommittee reports. We'll start with Ben. Do you have anything to update us with on noxious weeds other than what we heard tonight? I don't. Thank you. All right. Thank you. About Nancy with the Climate Action Plan subcommittee, do you have any updates for us? So I just want to uh, mention that we had uh, drafted a letter for um, the city to the city commission to um, add an analyst in the budget or consider that coming up and and um, we hope that it'll be considered at the next at our next meeting um, to go forward. So I encourage everybody to take a look at that. Okay, that that draft letter is attached to our meeting agenda item. So everybody should have access to that. And we will, Kathy will put it on the agenda for us to take action on that at our next meeting then. Correct. Okay, you look like you're unmuted. Did you have something or are you getting ready to give us an update on the bylaws subcommittee? Bylaws. Bylaws, please, for, please do. And I don't have anything else to add. Okay. That, we move on to old business uh, before we talk about the goal setting session, which is listed there. I'd like to ask again if there's anyone who would like to serve on the Food Policy Council and be the SAB representative for the Food Policy Council. Any volunteers? Uh, I'm willing to serve. Ben Sykes, thank you so much for being willing to serve. I think we heard from Kathy that it makes us look a little bad when the county is asked and we don't respond. So I, I really appreciate your willingness to do that. Thank you. Good job. So with that, another item of old business is a goal setting session. And we would like to try to have a goal setting session. Kathy, can you kind of briefly <clears throat> update us on the the survey 
monkey that you sent out asking for people's availability and what the results were? Yes, absolutely. So at our last meeting, we discussed, um, you know, what date and kind of time frame would be best. And it sounded like there were there was consensus over having kind of a three hour uh, goal setting session on a Saturday morning. So uh, I did contact the Prairie Park Nature Center and, and they have availability. They just said, you know, which date? And I said, well, we're going to do a doodle poll. And um, what I did was I extended past October and November, just thinking, you know, take us through uh, mid-January just in case. Um, I know you want to have it sooner than later, but uh, I chose uh basically all the Saturdays, um, except for the ones right around the holidays. So I didn't think that would be um, good. And um, so eight uh, members responded to that doodle poll. And I will say that uh, the majority of the board uh, really can't make any of those Saturday dates and times. Um, I think the best attendance would be seven people in January. Um, there was a January date on there, but, um, you know, the ones in October, November, and December, there'd be four or five missing. And I, I do know that I, I heard previously that you'd want to make sure all the board members could attend. So uh, maybe the discussion can be around, you know, doesn't seem like Saturday mornings work uh, for them, you know, for everybody to get together. Um, maybe uh, there's a chance to have it during the week on an evening, um, you know, have the Zoom option might help some some folks um, or all in person on, on you know, a Wednesday. I, I believe Nancy brought up um, or emailed me, hey, what about a Wednesday not on the 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 SAB meeting board meeting, but a uh, an off Wednesday that everybody could attend a two or three hour goal setting session. Yeah, I'd, I'd welcome comment from board members as to what other options we'd like to consider. I still think it would be a good goal to try to get a hundred percent attendance. I know it might be difficult, but we should we should strive for that. Uh, especially if we're going to be doing long-term planning for the board and what our goals are for the coming year. So I'd entertain suggestions on how Kathy can expand the doodle poll and what we want to consider. Well, I'd also consider, you know, if people feel no, we we don't need to have a hundred percent. I'd like to hear that too. So just asking for a comment from the board members. Maddie so Bell said, oh, sorry. Go ahead, go ahead Maddie, oh, sorry. Uh, all good, Maddie Bell said, board member. Um, yeah, I definitely would like to have as many folks there as possible, ideally everyone. Um, and I think, you know, it's good to, it would be good to send out another poll considering we have another member now and I can't even remember if the doodle poll was sent out before um, Wilson and Amanda joined either, but um, maybe we consider a Saturday afternoon or evening or a Sunday during the day um, or like a Friday evening if we want to try and keep it near the weekend. I know that three hours after work is kind of like a, oh, don't really want to <laughs> commit to that. But um, uh, I, I think it would be really great to have this meeting before the end of the year, like the calendar year. 
um, and have as many people. And those are my thoughts. The poll was sent when there were nine members on the SAB. And like I mentioned, um, one of the, obviously the vacant position did not have an opportunity to fill out the poll. And then one member didn't um, respond to the poll. But most uh, dates that were suggested for Saturday, only four um, members could attend, or there's a couple, I think, with five. Uh, and unless you want, um, again, the, an important conversation like this with goal setting to to be led by half of the group or I'd, I'd suggest other options for dates like Maddie mentioned or times. Deb, Deb did you want to comment? I did. Um, could we just maybe do hands if a Wednesday evening off of our subcommittee meeting dates would work in the evening and then that we could or if there's a different day so that we can kind of limit it a little bit, um, if that makes sense. I mean, I'm open for Wednesday evenings. I'm not sure if we had trouble on a Saturday morning. I'm guessing there's going to be trouble for the weekend, which was mostly in my case. <clears throat> I'm good with Wednesday evenings. This is Kay. I can do most of the Wednesdays, but there are two out-of-state travels that I have in uh, the first part of November and the first part of December. So other other than those two travel events, Wednesdays are good for me. So we can offer Wednesday evenings. Is there another day besides Wednesday that works for everyone? Well, I don't, I don't know that Wednesdays work for everyone. I didn't see okay. Ben raise his hand. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, kid stuff and also missing my woodworking class to be here, but I'm oh. certainly happily to miss it again. I guess what I would argue is that um, we don't necessarily need a three-hour block for every single person. And so due to polls can work well. Uh, I, we've been leaning towards these win is good. I know it's just a like different flavor, but for example, if we could get uh, the people that can't do it for two hours on the front end or two hours on the back end, do you see what I'm saying? I, I, I would go like, like I, I would probably be able to go for like two hours on a Wednesday or something like that. I think you guys would probably prefer that and that rather than me saying I can't do like a three hour chunk. You see what I'm saying? Like if you have any one hour in that three hour chunk, you're basically a no. So I guess that was the only thing I was arguing. I could find my find my way to doing a Wednesday, I think, before the end of the year. One, one suggestion, this is Kathy uh, Richardson, Director of Sustainability, that I wanted to mention, Stan. Um, I've seen it happen before where it's a shorter period of time for the, you know, everybody putting their thoughts out there, um, what's important to them and kind of trying to drill down on maybe those uh, topics that most members um, feel are important. And then having a second session and again, this is just to address maybe the three hour window is like Ben said, not good for most. But if you have a shorter goal setting session where you just brainstorm and then you have another separate goal setting session where you focus on, okay, these are the items that rose to the top and you know what's gonna be on a work plan that solidifies and finalizes what your um, direction will be. Other option for consideration. 
Does anybody else have comments or suggestions? I mean, would there be any consideration of just um, shortening our our December meeting to the elections of officers and then just having a goal setting session as our December meeting. I don't know what type of attendance we're going to have for that meeting. Nancy? Have it in person. We can't hear you. Could we have it in person? I would like it in person, yes. Yes, we could schedule it in person if that's what the board would desire. What would that do with public participation if this is a goal setting? They can sit there and observe because it is a public meeting. They'll be we're part of the open meeting requirements. So we're talking about December 14th right now, right? Is that our December meeting day? I think I was trying to get Kathy to look. Yes. If we do it at Prairie Park, can we do it televised? I would have to ask that question. I do know that the city commission room is set up for the live broadcast. I don't know that a goal setting session needs to be brought live broadcast, okay. but you can have the part of the meeting. And then I do know that our parks and rec um, building over here at South Park, um, that one has all the equipment set up for these meetings to be live broadcast. So, uh, but I can ask our uh, tech folks and there's one hiding back here that makes all the magic work in this room. I can ask him about, um, you know, if we went to, oh, there's our tech person. <laughs> He's just waving. <laughs> Yeah, he makes the magic happen. So I can ask if um, that could be set up at Prairie Park Nature Center. I don't think it's critical like that, that we idea. meet at Prairie Park. This is Stan, SAB chair. I don't think it's critical that we meet at Prairie Park. It was a nice to, but I don't think it's critical. I think it's more important to be at a place where we can be functional. And if that requires meeting at the, the city building in South Park or at City Hall, I'd be fine with that. I don't think we should let the location like Prairie Park dominate where we meet. Yeah. So I'm curious, is at this point in time, is everybody planning to participate in the December meeting? Is there anybody who's not? Steve, are you uncertain? Yes, Dan, that's, uh, that's, Yes, that's why I haven't put any comments in. You're uncertain. Yes. Okay. Uh, you know, you know the discussion we've been having. Correct. Yep. Okay. Well, let's let's target. If if we're okay, let's target the December meeting then. Have an abbreviated meeting to have the election, and then transition to an in and and everybody would be in person either at City Hall or the South Park building or possibly Prairie Park. But if we'd be okay with that, we can just make that our, our meeting in December. And, and quite frankly, I, I don't know if I'd be strong enough to make a meeting in November and fit through it. I'm, 
I don't know that I'd be recovered enough, but I, I would make a point of being there in December in person. All right, well, maybe we came upon a, a solution. Kathy, can you look into our December possibilities where we could hold this? And then think about the time. Maybe we yeah. just meet for two and a half hours or something. Absolutely. This is Kathy Richardson, Director of Sustainability. So I will check to see if at City Hall there's going to be another meeting um, after like usual or if they're going to skip one to see if this is a possibility, if not the Parks and Rec building. And of course, I will check with Prairie Park Nature Center first. One thing I didn't realize is Prairie Park is, is not open that late. So um, I don't know if that changes their availability of the facility if they don't have staff there um, for a late, late meeting. Saturday morning was not a, an issue for them. So I will check on all that um, and get it scheduled for that December uh, 14th. And I'm assuming the, the board meeting component still starts at 530. Is that what you want? Yeah, we can plan on that for now. Okay, perfect. All right. So uh, Go, go ahead, Maddie. Maddie Bill, Vice Chair. I just wanted to note the time and that we usually have to get out of here, I think, by 7.15. And I think uh, that there are still members of the public who wanted to comment, so I wanted to make sure they had time. I really appreciate that. Can we move on from goal setting? I think we've talked about new business. Do we have anything else to add there? We know some of our future agenda items. So at this point, I'd like to move to public comments. We had Ty, Ty uh, Gorman, who submitted several things in writing. I don't know if we have comment from Ty. Hello. Can you hear me? Have you? We, we can. Um, I've had to call, join from a KCK community meeting I was in. Can you hear me okay? We can hear you. All right. Well, thanks for calling me in and having me here. I'm the, um, my name is Ty Gorman, he him pronouns. I'm the Sierra Club representative uh, for Kansas. And um, I put in some public comments around mainly the Inflation Reduction Act and uh, Infrastructure and Jobs Act opportunities that are available that I'm working with uh, Wichita and KCK and Overland Park a little bit on um, and wanted to bring to the attention of, of you all as you set your agenda and really appreciate uh, uh, Nancy's uh, uh, you know, ind indication and effort there to get an analyst on um, to that um, through the city council because that's a big part of uh, what I'm calling for. It's pretty uh labor intensive um process to get access to all these funds over the next three months it involves some community engagement and preparation before the money is available in january um and the three uh, main efforts that i'm hoping to um uh, to escalate the opportunity for here are one the the uh, bringing climate action plan funding into the process, especially around environmental justice, which does require more 
um, money within the planning process than most cities have allocated or are able to allocate and especially proactive reaching to uh, you know um, communities that are energy burdened and uh, you know, environmental justice communities that have been historically disenfranchised by the utilities and the um, city services. So um, getting access to $5 billion in federal climate action plan environmental justice money, um, I think it would the, the sustainability boards should be central in that process. And um, I wanted to uh, share the resolution 200005 that Kansas City, Missouri used within the sustainability board and city council to get that ball rolling, which led to the passing of their uh, climate resilience plan um, last month, which has uh, was a you know a year long community effort to really um, get at a lot of great opportunities and clean energy, especially for low income customers and energy burden customers. Um, so Sierra Club uh, has some support nationally and influence nationally in how these programs are implemented uh, within the IRA and um, and especially uh, how that affects uh, utility uh, sustainability. So that, that brings me to, and so there's a lot to go into on that climate action plan part. I'd love to talk to any of you individually about that. And there's a ton of material that I sent uh, links to in the public comment. Uh, the second phase is the um, uh, IRP, the uh, integrated resource planning process and the rate case uh, docket process uh, within Evergy. Um, and that's another thing that the case Kansas City, Missouri City Council um, passed through this last uh, month is in intervention within the utility planning process at the KCC. Uh, you, Evergy hasn't had a rate case since it was created. Um, the KCC has two democratically appointed commissioners on it. Uh, this is kind of a last year, this in 2023, that where they have their first, first rate case, need to update their IRP, a lot of pressure on them on their capital plan. This is a big opportunity for cities to get involved in that utility planning process to make demands like Kansas City, Missouri did with 100% clean electricity standard by 2030. That's uh, actually, I know, you know, I know Lawrence is already leading in that, but this would be a more uh, enforceable uh, way of doing it than the uh, standard that Lawrence set just as far as um, you know, wind, it's, it's capacity based. So it would be um, a kind of a fully uh, funded uh, renewable energy uh, set for, for Kansas City and Lawrence and hopefully these other cities by capacity measure instead of um, just energy installation, which is a big, a big difference in the utility world, which I'm also happy to talk with any of you about individually. Um, but anyway, this, there's a lot of power that can be brought within the utility intervention process from cities that a, that a group like Sierra Club can't bring. And um, the in Kansas City, Missouri is um, able to influence the much cheaper, much cleaner, healthier um, options that are out there around energy efficiency uh, and clean energy that Evergy currently is not being forced to take, even though it's in the customer's best interest. And then uh, I know I'm 
I think I'm running into my time limits probably already, but um, so I just want to throw in there in the last minute. Um, the building codes, which uh, Kansas City, Missouri is passing um, 2021 IECC is the latest update and there's a lot of federal money for implementation of those building codes available in 2023, but only if the city's passed to 2021 IECC standards. And the NAHB um, has a lot of misinformation. That's the developers basically that they like to put out there about that costing a lot of money, but really it doesn't change the price for homeowners at all up front, and it changes the long-term price and health for homeowners drastically uh, cheaper, much cheaper for homeowners over the long term. It really only affects the developer's profit margins by six to eight grand uh, thereabouts per home, uh, and that's why they're fighting it so hard. So um, those are the the main issues that I presented uh, in the in the public comments. Hope you all get a chance to look at them and appreciate your time tonight. And we really would love to see uh, Lawrence uh, diving into this inclusive, transparent uh, climate action planning process over the next few months, so that we can uh, so that Kansas can really reap the benefits of these uh, federal bills and put pressure on our less uh, I guess excited. Uh, state and utility um, leaders <laughs> to also take advantage of those resources for our most vulnerable folks in our communities. So thanks so much for your time. Appreciate it. And I'm, I'm here to answer questions now or, or later or anytime in the few coming weeks. Thank you, Ty. I appreciate that. We have your contact information in the, in the comments, information you submitted, and there's a lot of good information in there on the IRP process if anybody is not familiar with that. I know that Don Hawkins had her hand up. I'd like to give her an opportunity to talk if she's still with us and interested. <laughs> Hi, thank you, Stan. And uh, this is Don Hawkins, she, her, they, them. Um, and it's, I don't want, I wish that there were more than three minutes left for um, questions for Ty and for the things that the questions I had from earlier. So I'm going to try to keep it really fast. Um, uh, I had questions actually regarding the bylaws, but I'm going to come back to that. Um, first, want to say well, this is a very impressive group of experts and dedicated people on this board. Um, wow. Um, and thanks to everyone for taking the time to serve. Uh, it's been really challenging to attend as a non-member of the board ever since this pandemic started. In the old days, we could be in the room with the board, have better access to information, and were able to speak more. Um, there used to be a much greater attendance at these meetings, um, and it's frustrating that in addition to chat not being available, public comment seems to have been pocketed into just one spot on the agenda. I realize you don't, you guys are limited to this. Um, you always have to leave by 7.15. Seems like there should be more time. Um, anyway, I certainly hope that public comment will be open prior to any votes taken in the future. So I was glad to see that also that the um, goal setting was scheduled for a regular meeting because I really believe that non-members, non-board members should be able to provide input to, as to um, goals to consider as um, we have in the past. And then um, real quick to my questions about the, the bylaws. Um, if there's no vote being taken, I can um, save everybody's time and, and just ask at the next meeting, but I'm just unclear what was 
put forth because um, I didn't see it in the agenda packet. Specifically, I wanted to comment and ask a question about the, the membership idea that Kathy talked about at the beginning of her presentation. Um, and then the idea of expanding the board to joint county and city. So is this something that's going to be discussed at the next meeting that I can provide my my input or should I just say my piece now? I think you can say your piece now or at a future meeting. There's there's not going to be any action taken on the bylaws for quite some time until we've heard from the city commission as to whether or not they either if they want to expand the board as suggested and whether they're willing to um, accept a, a revised purpose statement for the SAB. So there's there's not going to be any action on the bylaws for quite some time. Uh, okay, good. Um, but so just I you know I've said this um, before, uh, but I was one. I would like to know if it's possible to not to not just you know change the bylaws to include an exception. I haven't read them in a while, um, but to change it outright to include county county residents who work in Lawrence, not just business owners. You know, like me, I I I would be I, I would fall under that exception. But I think you know people have kids that go to school in Lawrence and work in Lawrence, buy their groceries in Lawrence. Um, uh, and Don, this is, yeah. this is fair of the SAB. As, as Kathy explained, that exception already exists. That's already available to every advisory board. The city, the city already has an exemption that allows for that. They just have to justify it in making the appointment. So every time does, does that have to go before the board to get a, to get a proposed that? Okay. No, no. Okay. All right. Well, I'll leave the rest of my comments maybe put in a, an email or something for, for written comment when that's discussed again. Thank you so much. And I, I appreciate your patience on, on waiting this out. Yeah, thank you. We had one other person join the meeting. I, I haven't seen JT's hand raised or anything. We're up against time. With that, I'm going to ask if we have a motion to adjourn. So moved. Second. Steve moved that we adjourn. Any second? Nancy move up. Second. Nancy seconds. All those in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? We, adjourn, we are adjourned until next month. Thank you so much.